Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. Pitaya. Hi, everyone. I'm Joanna. And I'm Jenny. And this is Hyphenated, the podcast about living in the hyphen. And today we have a very special guest who's also our friend. Very good friend. Carolina Ravasa. Both of our friends. Yes. Which is like rare. Usually it's like Jenny is like, I want to bring my friend. And then I'm like, I want to bring my friend. And then this time we were like, let's bring our friend. Our. (laughs) Carolina Ravasa is a Colombian-American actor and voice actor. You've seen her on TV. You've listened to her on cartoons, on video games. And she's best known for voicing the iconic character of Sombra of Overwatch, which is one of the most played video games in history. It's going to be a great conversation. Carolina Rabasa, welcome to Hyphenated. <laughs> Ay, Dios mío. Ay, Dios mío. Lo hemos logrado. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> no, seriously, we've been trying to figure out a time us three could could get on a Zoom chat probably for like six or seven months. So I'm really happy you're here. We've been wanting to talk to you for a very, very long time. I mean, I see you very regularly on Hamster and Gretel and you and Jenny, you guys live in L.A., and so I always get jealous because I feel like you guys know each other better than me and Carolina used to know each other. But, you know, oh, I'm okay with it. My God. <laughs> I actually think I see you more, Joanna, than I see Jenny, even though we live in the same city. Yeah. That sounds very L.A. to me. It is. It is. So, Caro, you know, I think you're such a multi-hyphenate. I think you really represent what this podcast started out as and then sort of devolved into me and Jenny talking BS every week. <laughs> oh my God. Awesome. But I just, you know, I find your career and your trajectory super interesting. I met you in New York many, many, many years ago and you were doing, oh my God, what was it? A step up, like that. Step that up dance. 3D. Step up 3D. You were like sort with of. With Allison Stoner. Who is with us on Hamster and Gretel. I was her best friend. My name was Kristen. Or she was Kristen. She was Camille. I was Kristen. I can't remember. They sound the same to me. Yeah. Um, but I met you when you were sort of, you know, m- m- trying hustling. to make it and hustling <laughs> as an actor. Yeah. And you've sort of throughout the years become a very prominent voiceover actor. And, you know... Jenny and I, we do we do voiceover. We do you know not not as much as you. Um, you've sort of really dominated, and you know for me, I think one of the most interesting things about your history is Sombra and Overwatch and the gaming mm-hmm. world and space. So, can you tell us a little bit about how you went from Step Up Three <laughs> to 3D. being like Three D? Sorry, sorry, Three D. I keep on forgetting. 3D. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Step up 3D. Wait, is it step up 3 3D or step up 3D? I mean, it is the third, so it could be just step up 3, but it's step up 3D. It just happens oh, to work oh, perfectly. It's a yeah. pun. It's a pun. Oh, They're very that. funny. They're very punny over there at <laughs> Disney. Oh, 
my god yeah. it's funny i was i was waiting tables still when i got step up and uh so uh i, I waited tables for like six or seven years in new york city uh evenings and weekends and then i could audition during the day and if i got a gig you know then you oh my god can somebody cover for me like the typical actor thing i i lived it in new york i did catering i did babysitting like all the jobs you can imagine wow and i was auditioning for film and tv uh and it was usually i'd go in for the latina roles uh that were like the cleaning lady or the prostitute um mm. as one uh, does as one does because those were the only ones like detective rodriguez or like ethnic prostitute um <clears throat> God. I never looked uh, Rodriguez enough for to play the detective or the cop or the whatever. Like that was the feedback I got all the time for film and TV. Like it wasn't like, oh, she just it wasn't, you know, her audition wasn't good. That My manager just got feedback like she was great. She just she didn't look Puerto Rican enough. She didn't exactly. look Mexican enough. Um, and so I like I was having a, a crisis. I remember crying on the corner of 6th and 23rd one day when I got feedback, like, because I dyed my hair brown and I had gone tanning. And they're like, they said you look too Italian. And I'm like, I'm to look Yeah. I, so, Dios mio. You went Jersey Shore. Uh, well, you know, I got the hoops and I had the high ponytail and I was doing my New York Week and Rosie Pavez, you know. Uh, anyway, but so that's actually where my web series started. And it's it's a hyphen. It's called Hispanglo-Saxon. Yeah. Because I was not Hispanic enough or Anglo-Saxon enough. So I was like, well, I'm both. Uh, so that's kind of where I where I and I think it's funny. I think sketch on my web series sort of helped me remind myself that I love voices because mm -hmm. I was just auditioning yeah. for straight characters. And by straight, I don't mean gay or straight. I mean, just like like drama, you know? Uh -huh. Yeah, the mm -hmm. straight man. And I was like. So that's kind of what I was pursuing and it just wasn't happening. And mm. I got so tired of it. I, I decided to do this web series by myself only so I wouldn't have to bug my friends to work for free. It wasn't like, oh, let uh, me do a one woman show to show my talent. It was like, I can't beg my friends to act for free because this I'm going to do this with my iPhone at my house. Like, I don't have the funds. So I was like, well, what if I play the manager and myself? Oh, and then the the waitress and myself. And so that sounds like I a little bit like someone else on this conversation. Oh Basically, Danny like, Lorenzo. Uh, yeah, well, that's what brought us together. Yes, I, I used to watch your stuff when I first launched Hispanglo. Uh, people were like, I had already watched you on Me Too or whatever it was on. And I remember like, oh, my God, I, I want to work with her. And I remember writing to Me Too, but like it was probably info at metoo.com and nobody oh, read it God, or something. Yeah, who yeah. Knows? So I remember just like looking up to the people who were doing similar things so that we could connect, you know, Arturo Castro doing Alternatino. Like I had my eight episodes of his Anglo-Saxon when I did his first episode of Alternatino. But I remember thinking, okay, we're all doing similar things because we got to create our own stuff, basically. Yeah. Um, so all that to say, I think that's where I started really uh, leaning into my accents, you know, because like I play this mm -hmm. French film director and then I got to know you, we can check who's like talking like this. So she's a casting director. And then all of a sudden I started like, oh, what accents can I do? So then I basically discovered I love sketch comedy and I didn't know it. Mm -hmm. um, and that led me to, oh, what if I put you up here? Oh, well, what if I talk down here? You know, like, so uh, uh -huh. oh, like my my manager, who's like the one on the Joey manager on Friends, you know, she's like a, a smoker, she's Jewish or whatever. Uh, so that led me to like, oh, I can do voices. And, and unless I do sketch, I'm never going to sound like that looking like this. 
So True. then I, it kind of like that was like the beginnings of of me remembering that as a kid, I loved animation and that I could I always used to do voices as a kid, making fun of my parents, friends or just like when I tell mm -hmm. stories, I can't say. Yeah. So I was talking to Joanna. She was like, Mira, chama, tenemos que hacer esta cosa. And I kind of try to do the Venezuelan <laughs> accent because it's just how my brain likes to tell stories. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, gosh, that was a long winded answer to get to, you know, nope. I, in the middle of all my auditions that were like theater and film and PSAs and commercials or whatever you could get your hands on that was legal uh, to pay the bills, I I auditioned for video game stuff. I did um, Max Payne 3 and GTA 5. Those are Rockstar That's Grand games. Theft Auto for those of yes, you that, Grand Theft Auto that it still yeah. does not explain anything for people that yeah. are in it. I love Who Grand did you Theft voice Auto. on Graph Theft Auto? Please. Her name is Taliana Martinez. She's a driver you can hire for heist. Love and uh, you can't play her, but you can use her as a, like a pawn. Um, and you only come upon me in certain parts of the game. So you, it, I found people you. have never. I found you. You played GTA? I, I'm, I'm a huge gamer. <laughs> I love gaming. And I, I played GTA for hours. And then you told me where to find you. I don't know Kata if you almost remember. choked on her tea or whatever because <laughs> Wait, I don't think gamer? she knew the, you were a gamer. What are you talking about, Joanna? Joanna I, keeps her geeky shit to herself. Is this the yeah, same like Joanna? In the closet with her nerd shit. I do, I do. But here's the thing, what? I um I don't like first person shooters, right? Um, <laughs> uh, and for 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 people that don't play video games, that's like when when sort of you're playing a character and it, you're seeing everything through their eyes. And yeah, it's you like embody a them. Game. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like it. I like playing God. <laughs> I like seeing my little character. <laughs> so you like, like playing The Sims? You definitely bro, played The it. Sims. Okay, I did. Okay. I and I was like kind of psychotic in The Sims. I put them in a pool and then I who wasn't. <laughs> I I remember surrounding my Sims with fireplaces, <laughs> in a, in an empty room with fireplaces, uh, and you can only Robert. guess. Joanna, I don't know, but this is why we have a podcast together. Anyway, Garo. <laughs> this is true. So apparently, did you burn them down with all yes. the fireplaces? That's yeah, creepy, died. dude. It's, I think especially when you were a kid it's like you have so little control over anything and then you had these games where it was like wait I can be a fucking roller coaster tycoon I can you know I a can have my own six lives like that's where my love, I love that you said when you're happened. kids we have no control over everything over anything as adults we have no control over as actors we have no control over anything that's true and that's, that's why true. i've like i've fallen in love with video games and i play video games quite regularly um and it's mm -hmm. funny because I've, I've been talking to my therapist and my ther well one conversation i had with my therapist i was like you know i've been trying meditation and i've been trying um uh mindfulness and it's just like not working for me and he's like well well what does relax you and i was like honestly video games and he's like then keep playing video games what are you doing exactly <laughs> that's amazing and it's like there's this dip it's a difference from watching from watching tv and 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 seeing an, a, a character to it's like passive. you are this character yeah. you become this character yeah it took me a while to understand that interactive it's interactive yeah. literally you are active while watching a show is passive and i think that that's what i didn't understand mm -hmm. when i started working in video games is uh when the fans fall in love with the character if it's a first person shooter, it's because they become you in first person. So they basically embody these characters and they feel like they're them and they know them better than I do, even though I voice them. And so there's this connection to them because you're playing as them, you know? Mm -hmm. So I guess, yeah, I was still in New York City. I was auditioning for, uh, I did a lot of voiceovers in New York with stupid commercials that I hated, like radio commercials for Publix. But in Spanish, it has Publix. to be. But no, and they would they would tell us it had to be Publix with an O, not Publix, 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 Publix. 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 Publix.
Wow, um, that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes I did a lot of Publix. Pub I did yes. McDonald's. I did Burger King. I did Gillette. I did so many, so many. Ideal meal. Yeah, uh, those helped pay the bills a little bit. But then I got this audition for this character that was like um, uh, Jessica Jones, sort of mm-hmm. like she was sarcastic and like a little, a little jaded and uh, but really smart. And uh, you know, she was a Mexican hacker. And <clears throat> I auditioned with you know with an accent like this. But then I'm like. Most of these people don't really know what the difference in the accents are because I would no. always get auditions for Mexican, Puerto Rican, uh, Guatemalan. Like it didn't matter. You know, they weren't really monitoring the accent. So I threw in a New Yorkian accent in there just in case they liked, you know, J-Lo uh, as a Mexican hacker. <laughs> but they did book me. And I remember recording and not really understanding what the heck it was. Um Oh, this might be big. I guess I knew Blizzard games did important things. I'd heard of Diablo and World of Warcraft, but like Overwatch was a big deal. I just hadn't really understood. So then when my character was launched, she came a little bit after the game came out. Uh, They did this huge like uh, reveal at BlizzCon and I got to go. And then I was like, oh my God, this is big because everybody. So this is one of the first video games who uh, who has characters from all over the world. So we have mm-hmm. uh, two Egypt, an Egyptian, a Pan Arab character, a Nigerian, Australian, uh, American, Mexican. I'm the only Latina for now. Um, uh, French, you name it, like from all over. And it's kind of awesome because people have felt very represented um, by this game, you know, and all the accents are uh, right for the countries that they're from. And so everyone's just like, I've never had this experience. And because you play online. Mm-hmm. People connect and they 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 might get thrown into a match with somebody from Kuwait, Argentina, uh, you know, South Africa and Colombia and the U.S. Mm-hmm. So then all of a sudden when I meet these fans, they're like, oh, I have a friend in Australia. And I'm like, how do you? Oh, right. You met online, you know. So all yeah. these people, all of a sudden, I think like it sort of has helped people understand different cultures because they're meeting people that they would never connect with otherwise. Like an American kid in Milwaukee is playing with somebody in Kuwait. That's crazy. You know, it's great. So even though gaming has this weird component where people like might play for hours on end and you might become addicted. I also feel like these first person shooters have connected the world and, and kids that are particularly shy or might have social anxiety disorders. Um, A lot of people on the spectrum, you know, love these video games. So I I meet a lot of these fans uh, because they play the games and they want to meet the voices. And I've just kind of understood the world of gaming in such a different way. Like I didn't understand Mm -hmm. it at all, you know, and, and I feel proud to that the one character that makes me travel the world is super smart, super good at what she does. She's funny. Yeah. She's witty. Her outfit isn't like overly bodacious, boobylicious. Like, do you know what I'm like saying? Most, she's, like most female video game characters. Yeah. Oh, interesting. In you know, I never even thought of that. Yeah. Yeah. Most female video game characters are like clearly made by a man. It's like. The yeah. boobs to like waist ratio makes no sense. She'd be dead. Totally. Um, but well, the cover like, oh, yeah, of GTA Five is a chick in a bathing suit. Yes, you know, but but with a few other dudes. Your yeah. character Sombra is this like badass with like yes her her hair shaved on the side and she has this like crazy suit and yeah. it's like this like strong female character that isn't hypersexualized. No. Well, the cool thing is all the character all the female characters in Overwatch. Uh, besides like the abilities they have, they also have like a career path. So. 
I was in IT and I'm a hacker. One of them is a biologist. You know, they're all in STEM. Mm -hmm. So all the female characters and, and the dudes, of course, too. But, you know, it's it's weird to say this for female characters in video games. They're all really smart. And yeah, some are, some are a little bit sexy, but they also are very empowered and um, yes. confident. And, you know, mm -hmm. they have all these cool abilities. Like I have an electromagnetic pulse and I have invisibility powers and I can, you know, freeze everybody's power when I hack them. Like, yeah. it's kind of awesome and magical. Yeah. And, it, you know, Jenny, you've been to way more, like, cons. Cons meaning Comic-Con or BlizzCon or yeah. StanCon or BanCon. I just made those last All the cons. Up. I'm sure they yeah. exist. But these conventions, like, mm -hmm. I've never been to a convention before Comic-Con before. Well, no, I went to VidCon. That's, like, the YouTube Comic-Con, but it's That's different. an experience. Anyway. That's just a bunch of teenagers thinking that, they, um, that they're Brad Pitt. Um, well, they kind of are. Even though, yes. but San, you went to San Diego Comic-Con, and even San Diego's different to, like, other cons where you're meeting because San Diego is just like San Diego, New York are just like monsters. It's, it's like so OP. Yeah. What's OP? It's overpowered. overpowered. <laughs> what does that? It's a video guys, game term, Joanna. Uh, how dare you? I come out as a nerd on this podcast and now you're you're using your like advanced nerd <laughs> words on me. So we're going to have to nerf or buff you, Joanna, um, because that's nerf or term. buff. Yeah. Guys, nerf. I is this becoming sexual? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> That's hilarious. No, I had to learn those too, dude. I'm on stage and they're like, uh, do you think Sombra needs to be nerfed? She's a little OP. And I'm like, what are they talking about? That's so, so funny. Power it is OP. And yeah. when they buff you, they give you like more power. And when they nerf you, like a nerf gun, they're gonna kind of lessening your like, power. Bring to you down a couple notches. Yeah. Wait, is this is this terms in video games that are now used in real life? Or is like I use I'm, it in real life. Oh, I'm okay. like whatever situation. I'm like that's like OP as hell. Like that's that's OP. I mean, I use it. Guess but. like video game vernacular, video game. There's a lot. Eh, como th that world seeps into like quote unquote general culture. Yeah, but that's but and, that's and interesting. Fans used to ask me, "Oh, what is it that you say in your alt?" And I'm like, "What's my alt?" Alt is your ultimate power. And so every time in Overwatch, and, and even in Valorant, it's another game I work on as a Brazilian bombs expert. Uh, when you're using your ultimate power, there's a voice line that comes with it so that the other characters know it's going down. Yeah. And mine is, apagando la luces. Yeah. off the lights. I was and, waiting but, for it. Right. So it's my ultimate. And then they're like, what do you say in your alt? And I say, turning off the lights because I'm about to hack you guys. Um, and then Raises, who's the Brazilian, she goes, here comes the party. And she's like going to bomb the crap out of you. So yes, yes, when yes. when fans hear the alt, they almost have like a visceral reaction because it's like in game, they know they're going to die or they're about to kill somebody. So it's like it's reminding them of what happens while their adrenaline is mad high. It's crazy. Wow. National Outlet Shopping Day is back. Join us June 8th and 9th at Simon Premium Outlets nationwide. Score thousands of can't-miss deals from brands you love all weekend long. They've got up to 65% off every day. And the National Outlet Shopping Day deals are even better. Visit premiumoutlets.com slash NOSD to find a premium outlet near you. That's premiumoutlets.com slash NOSD. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. I, you know, I would love to read a study on like the psychology of video of gamers, and because you just said something so interesting, which is 
when I watch TV, I feel what the characters are feeling. I'm, I get excited, whatever. But when I'm playing a video game, my anxiety levels, my like adrenaline, I like, I actually feel like I am, you know, fighting a divine beast. Like I actually feel those things. Like, well, that's why I find it weird that you find it relaxing to play video games. You if know I, what it I is? get very stressed. <laughs> but it depends what it. kind of games, Garo. Mm. That's true. That's true. That's true. Okay, Cause, Jenny. Cause, uh-huh. What games do you play? And I'll come out and say what games okay. I play. And and you got to you nerds. I love Mira, it. Mira, because I I've been gaming since I was a kid, but I would get really competitive to the point that like. You know, me sentía bien. I would get really? really upset at like the boss levels of like Super Mario and stuff, right? Now I'm always a Nintendo girl at heart. I'm like mm-hmm. very, you know, I, I love Nintendo. Pero when I-, I gave up video games for a good chunk of my of my like twenties, I barely played games, and I think that was because I was hustling so much at that time. And because I know I kind of have like an addictive personality with games, mm-hmm. I was like, if I start going back to video games, I'm never gonna get work done. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is obviously pre-ADHD diagnosis. Pero the pandemic changed everything for me. Now, before I go into that, my husband's a, a huge gamer and I've been with him for like 15 years. So I watched him always playing Overwatch and Mass Effect and Call of Duty mm-hmm. and all of that, right? And I always appreciated it. Like I tried playing The Last of Us for a little bit and it gave me too much stress. Yeah. It gave me too much stress, but yeah. I loved watching him play it because again, mm-hmm. it's such a fantastic story. The acting is great, but it wasn't until the pandemic that everything shut down and everyone started playing Animal Crossing. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the, I feel like that's the, what is it they call pot, the entry drug? What's the word? The, uh, yeah, the, it's the gateway. Like we, it's a gateway drug of gaming. Gateway right drug. Now. I think Animal Crossing. I, I want, I want the, the audience to know that Jenny came closer to the mic and was like, and everyone started playing Animal Crossing. Yeah. <laughs> it just, it was like this thing. Yeah. Let me tell you, Animal Crossing got me and my friends through so much yeah. during the pandemic. And then again, my best friend, Carla, who I've interviewed before, she works in gaming. She's a big indie gamer. So Mm. she introduced me to a lot of like really cute indie games, you know, like Super Meat Boy and pretty much all the games that I'm playing now outside of Animal Crossing are her suggestions like Ooblets, Spiritfarer. These sound amazing. They also sound like stores that sell candles. And I, you're hilarious. I, I don't know any of these guys. I'm the most, I love working in video games and I am a terrible, terrible and horrible, a terrible gamer. Uh, and um, so, yeah, no, I haven't heard of them. Sorry. Yeah, there's, they're so cute and they're so relaxing. Okay. Mm. So those help me unwind. Me and Jenny have very different tastes on different things, like where we like to live uh, like music, like uh, we don't have the same taste, and and I'm we're proving it again with video games because I like the most high stress bullshit. You I weirdo. Like open world games where it's like you have two minutes to kill the you know the evil robot or you will die. You know I love you know Assassin's Creed, um, Breath of the Wild, a Red Dead Redemption, Last of Us. Oh, I'm a in Grand Red Theft Dead Auto. too. <gasps> You're in Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stop. Joanna just Joanna's guys she's fangirling. <laughs> oh my god, I love Red Dead. I love Red Dead. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's, it's a good amazing. One. The acting is phenomenal. Yeah, I love watching the games, but Oconio, yeah. do they stress me out? Even Luigi's Mansion stresses me out. I'll you play are it. hysterical. Mira, me, me da 
me da una cosa. That's so funny. I get also, really like, upset. It's like, what, I, what is very funny is like Luigi's Mansion, like everything to do with Mario is so childlike. It's like, oh my God, Girl, I got no. killed. You Open know? up, play one of the old Mario games and get back to me. Wait, which one? Oh my God, how do I, like fucking any of the original Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, they were stressful, but like, Damn, you guys are you know? killing me. <laughs> this is no. hilarious. They were like, you gotta <laughs> we play to like you Super to talk Mario World, uh, Super yeah, Mario. Yeah, I, I opened up this conversation. You did. Yeah, I like no. all of those. But Any water get... level in Donkey Kong. Oh yeah, Donkey Kong continue. was very stressful. The timing. I don't like the ones where there's a time limit and it starts like. That's why I like open world because you can you can Take sort of do your own adventure and or die or, or I die. get lost. I have a horrible time. <laughs> I love Zelda. Pero coño, do I get lost? Zelda's incredible. Pero coño. It's, but it's interesting because, you know, there's there's so many different types of video games. There's, like, different buckets for each one. And, yeah. like, open world is, you know, you choose your own adventure, sort of. Then there's the first-person shooter, which is, like, very interactive. You go online and you... Uh, what's the one called that everyone was playing forever? Um, Fortnite? Fortnite. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't do it. That stressed me out because real people were judging me. <laughs> Well, first-person shooter, too, like, you, you are playing with other real people, and they're yeah, like, yeah. so it can get very toxic. Hey, what the heck are you doing, you know? And then bad words come. I, I would get very toxic, too, because I, I would get so stressed out. I'd be like, F you, F you! I, like, <laughs> not good for my blood pressure. Have you had any instances where, like, like weird moments with fans? Like, where you're like, oh, wow, whoa, like, this is this is strange. This is a strange... Because, like, no. I feel like with movie stars, there's this, like, oh, my God, I can't believe it's you. Like, you know, but YouTubers and I think voices in video games have a similarity, which is people think they know you more than what they do. Ish. I mean, look, a lot mm. of the gamers that I meet are really, really sweet. Like, the, de the, 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 the fan base isn't, I think if I worked on a, The Walking Dead, it might be a little bit different. Do you know what I mean? Like, these mm -hmm. are gamers that just love the characters and for the most part it's like they might just get really nervous or they'll start crying you know or, or they're just I, I oh my god i had this one guy he was like a 35 year old dude and he was like you know i, I just want to thank you because it's so cool to see uh see ourselves represented you know i'm mexican and i'd never <laughs> I, I i'd never seen a, a character like like me and my, my mom watches me play and uh, like the least expected guy to be like getting all yes. teary-eyed so i hug him and he's just like thank you for representing latinos in such a positive way like for the most part it's just i mean they're coming to meet me right so it, mm -hmm. it they're excited they have stories they talk about how they used to play with their dad and their dad passed so now overwatch has a special meaning for them or like there there are a lot of really emotional stories you know there was this one woman who had postpartum depression and so her husband was like i'll take the baby for two hours a day and you can play overwatch and you know find some joy because she was just dealing with some really tough stuff and when i met them the baby's one year old and she's doing great and like you know so we hear all sorts of stories uh i've you know autographed i put my autograph on someone's arm and then they tattoo it which is, you know, That's a little bit strange. wild, yeah. got all. But, uh, but for the most part, they're just really freaking sweet. And they have, yeah. you know, wonderful stories. Uh, I mean, some are really sad stories, you know, about about death or, or they were suicidal, but Overwatch helped them because they made friends or they yeah. would watch our videos. And so, so yeah, maybe they feel like they know us. You know that video where you were eating cupcakes with all the other girls? Like, I laughed so much. And so, you know, that's kind of their connection to us. Um, and I, you know, I keep my personal life very private, so I don't share a lot of that on 
on social. So they don't really know, you know, yeah. really personal things. But I share so much like in the pandemic, I just did a video for my YouTube channel where I was like, guys, I don't know what this COVID thing is. We don't know when it's going to end. I just want to let you know, I'm thinking about you if you're stuck at home alone and you are loved and like you are cared for. And it was just kind of like trying to reach out to anybody who is feeling depressed or suicidal or anything. Cause I know that our fan base, uh, you know, feels that a lot. So, you know, and, and yeah. that video did really well. And, and the comments are like, thank you so much. Cause I think they sometimes imagine that we're living this perfect life wherever we are. And it's like, no, we're all going through hell. And I want you to yeah. know I'm going through hell as well, but I'm sending you love wherever you are, you know? So it's just mm -hmm. about connecting yeah. the community. It's interesting because, you know, at the beginning of the concept of entertainment, when movies and, and TV were on like these people that people would consume or watch were so unattainable. Yeah. They were they were this they were like gods. They were, right. you know, like Greek gods that you would hear these horrible crazy stories about and then it was like, "Oh my god, this is wild, but like I'm never going to see one in person. This is mythology." Or um, or you'd see pictures that only paparazzi would take or only on a red carpet. Yeah, you, you wouldn't didn't yeah. see them in a natural habitat. Exactly. Yeah. And then it's like I feel such a similarity to the world of gaming. Um, you feel very connected to the characters, but then also this like element of playing online with people from everywhere and you're connecting to pe to people everywhere. Like I play, uh, I don't want to brag. I'm honestly incredible at Mario Kart. Um, <laughs> um, I saw your Instagram story recently and guess what, girl? So am I. Oh my God, let's so play against each other, Jenny. Race. I will... I will Done. race you. I will who do you usually you. race? Who do you usually race? As? I, I use Ludwig. I always use a motorcycle, a small wheel, and then just the parachute. Okay, so now we found some common ground. I do Black Yoshi, uh -huh. and as I lovingly call Bloshi, and it's always a motorcycle <laughs> with a small wheel. <gasps> Finally, we find something we have in common, Jenny. Wow. That is other God. than being a you know a. A, a Latina in the States that does comedy online and <laughs> yeah, does yeah, voiceover yeah, and yeah, has a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh. But like, it's interesting how, you know, a lot of what you're telling me, I really resonate with uh, also in the, in the like online space, the making mm -hmm. videos online, which you also yeah. did, mm -hmm. but it's this, is this accessibility to the people that make what you consume has like even the playing field, not only in, okay, yeah, we're like what you just said, like I I'm also going through shit. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to like express these things to you. But these people see themselves, see us. And I mean, I'm putting myself in here as if I was, yeah. like, you know, if I went to a con, I went to a fucking VidCon and only three moms stopped me. So let's, you know, let's. Joy, you have a great following on YouTube. So yes, <laughs> that we, of course we understand. Yeah. But like, I think there's this feeling of, we are more alike. You are like me. I mm -hmm. you. I literally play you. Yeah. Um, it, it's not this this Greek god persona. It's this. Yeah. We're, 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 we're well, that's we're accessible. Yeah, that's accessible. what's great about the conventions because obviously the internet has made things a lot more accessible as well. But conventions allow people to meet their their heroes, and that's. Let me tell you, like for me, meeting my voice acting heroes in my early twenties at the like the South Florida conventions really are what Inspires. changed my life and inspired i'll never forget like i i met rob paulson who we're still <sighs> friends today and we took a photo and he hugged me and he was like i hope we work together someday now granted i have yet to work with him but i am a voice actor and i have voiced on many might. Yeah. animated shows and yeah. i've and it's like it's weird to think about and i would that was 
aside from cosplay, that was the main thing I would go to conventions for were to go to the voice yeah. acting panels. Yeah. That's so interesting. And to meet yeah. my like animation childhood heroes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it ma- made it more accessible. It's like these people are here in front of me. Well, and they all gave the, me advice. Yeah. One of the, yeah. One of the things that I find crazy is that uh, being Sombra or Rays gives us this power that I didn't understand. So when fans come up and want advice, they're not listening to Carolina. They're listening to Sombra yes. give them advice. So mm. if I, you know, if they're, I can tell somebody is a little self-conscious about whatever. And, you know, especially teens, they're hiding their little pimples know, with their hair or whatever. And I'm like, you're so beautiful. You know, follow your dreams. <gasps> Sombra said I was beautiful. What? They hold on to that. And it's very important. Just, just recently, a fan in Stockholm I'd met four years prior and he was wearing his glasses really proudly. And he's like, hi, do you remember me? And I'm like, Remind me your name. And I said, you look great with those glasses on. He goes, that's what you said to me four years ago. And he'd written me this message on Instagram that was like, I don't, I feel very self-conscious about my glasses, but you told me I looked great in them. And thank you so much. And here, four years later, he's remembering that I had complimented that. And so he's wearing them proudly. Like it doesn't matter. And he did look really cute in the glasses, you know? So I wasn't making it up, but like Sombra said this and he held on to that, you know? And um, it's really special. It's like we, it, we, yeah. our characters come with power, and so wow. I, I want yeah. to use that for the greater good. You know, uh, that Caro, but oh I think it's God. really interesting that it's, it's you are the character, so yes. you know you're not at a you're at a con representing yourself, but yeah. at a at, to a certain extent you're still playing the character. Like you are making the character through you, like you're filtering yourself through your character. Yeah. And like, I don't talk as her, right? So mm-hmm. like, I'm not talking like Sombra the whole time. But, mm-hmm. uh, and I mean, I they know that. They know that it's not like those soap characters where they're like, they think you're the evil queen and they treat you like crap. Because <laughs> you know when people think that like that you're happens. that character? I know, oh my God. So And because I also do Rays or, or they know that now I'm on Hamster and Gretel, they understand like I'm not those characters. But yes. because they spend so much time with with Sombra and love her so much, it, they, it comes with weight, you know? Mm-hmm. One, I mean, one yeah. thing that I wanted to mention that I found so interesting that I discovered recently was uh, in New York City, I was, you know, I was there for 10 years and I was auditioning for film and TV all the time. And anytime I'd audition, like I said, for the Rodriguez, Perez, Ramirez characters, oh my usually, God. usually like it was the, you know, the mobster wife, like I said, prostitute, cleaning lady, illegal immigrant of some sort. Like it was all always that. And I never I was never getting cast because I didn't look the type. Right. So I kept trying to audition for white characters, right? Like, like, oh, the Sally Smith, you know, but I wasn't Mm -hmm. white enough to play that. And so for a while it was funny because I was white passing. I was like trying to fit into those roles because I wasn't getting cast as the illegal immigrant anyway, right? Right. But in video game and animation, as soon as like I put this accent on and it doesn't matter what I look like. That's it. They they want that sound. They don't want the look. They want the sound. Girl, I feel that so hard. Me too. But, I but, feel so, I love so voice hard. acting. But the I funny thing is now, now I am really proud. Like a lot of my characters on animations, Victor and Valentino and, and Loud House, mm-hmm. Casa Grande is like all those. And obviously Hampton and Gretel are all Hispanic with a slight yeah. accent or a slight whatever. Or we throw in some Spanish. And it, I recently got asked, like, do you do you want to just play Hispanic characters in animation? And I'm like, I don't just want to. But if that's what I end up doing forever now, I'm actually happy about it because we are representing our people and they care that they sound authentic. Yes. And I'm actually getting cast as something that I'm proud to play instead of trying to pass as the white person. Absolutely. 
And so now film and TV is like creating characters that are super complex and more diverse and, and three-dimensional. Yeah. So we're not just auditioning for the illegal immigrant. It's still a struggle though, I will say, because I mean, you're in LA también, you know how it is. Like, yeah. I think you and I are very similar. We both have like similar body types. We're tiny yeah, Latino we're tiny. women. We don't white have passings. Yeah, we don't, we don't, you know, we, we don't look like Sofia Vergara in terms of like our body type, like what Hollywood continues yeah, yeah. to to make women think they have to look like. And so, but then just like you, even though I'm white passing, the way I talk and my attitude is not quote unquote white. And so then no one knows what the hell to do with me. And so yeah. voice acting has been, I always say this, I mean, I love acting on camera. That's always gonna be something yeah. I'm always gonna aspire to yeah. continue to do. And that's why I love having at least the YouTube outlet, right? But mm -hmm. if I were, if I could be a voice actor for the rest of my life, I wouldn't mind that either mm -hmm. because right. Right. It is so not just because of all the points you made that like it doesn't matter what you look like. It's also that it's actually a very welcoming down to earth community for the it's most incredible. part. It's incredible. I mean, even meeting you, I was again, I come from Miami and I, and I hate to say this, but in Miami, it was very dog eat dog, like so competitive, especially amongst women. Everyone was out to get you. There was a lot of envidia and meeting you, meeting Christina Milizia, like blessed. She's like one of the greatest voice Sweetest. actresses yeah, um, so kind. that I met on Victor Valentino. She like gives me advice whenever, even the big guys like Carlos Alasraki, who's like on Reno 911 and he's the voice of Rocco and the Taco it's Bell hilarious. dog. Hilarious. I met him briefly because we worked on Victor and Valentino together and like, he'll give me advice. Like I'll write yeah. him, like he's support. Yeah. And I'm like, this is the voice of Rocco. This yeah. is my childhood. This yeah. man is a legend. Just like Rob Paulson, just like Rob all Paulson, these like, yeah. Yeah. Dee Bradley Baker and Oh my god, Dee Bradley Baker. You would not think so. Yeah. Because they are so down to earth and sweet and kind and you can tell like they're they're everyone in animation and video game, like we're all big kids. Yeah. Like we're all kind of there's something that ties us all together and why we get into voice acting. Well the thing about voice acting is you you have to be talented because it doesn't matter if you're beautiful, you know? Mm -hmm. It's how you sound. So it's like the people sound. that are working are good at it, you know? National Outlet Shopping Day is back. Join us June 8th and 9th at Simon Premium Outlets nationwide. Score thousands of can't-miss deals from brands you love all weekend long. They've got up to 65% off every day. And the National Outlet Shopping Day deals are even better. Visit premiumoutlets.com slash NOSD to find a premium outlet near you. That's premiumoutlets.com slash NOSD. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. They're very good, and they, and they also, like, every Tuesday for Hamster and Gretel, we get actors coming in, and, you know, we direct them in, in the show, and we've had, you know, Dee Bradley Baker, who, for those of you that don't know, is this, like, Eminencia in the voiceover yeah. community. Oh he's voiced like Chewbacca. Like he's voiced everything. He does creatures really well. He does yeah. creatures really well. And I didn't realize this. And if I walk, if I see him walking down the street, I would have no idea who he was. No. And I think that also como que adds to why people in animation tend to be down to earth is because it tends not to be as ego driven. You. No. You can walk down the street. People are not going to recognize you necessarily. Like you do it because you like the craft, and yeah. fame is different. It's different. Is different it is. Right. It isn't linked to you 
as yourself, yeah. like yeah. walking down the street, getting, you know, people like, oh my God, are you the person that voices? Like, I, I can't recall who voices SpongeBob, but like, I know who he is. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, I know yeah. of him, but I, I can't pick him out of a lineup. Yeah, it's only when you go, it's only when you're at a convention and that's where the nerds, you know, and, and the, the fans come and they know who you are because, you know, and then that's when you, you feel the love and then you move on with your life and then you just go grocery shopping like everybody else and no one stops you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's it's so cool. But isn't it crazy how, um, you know, I, I for Katarina's character on Hamster and Gretel, we had a lot of people audition. I remember that. Um, and it was really hard because... I wanted, you know, I I wanted someone authentic. I wanted, ojalá, someone Venezuelan. But it was always difficult to find the perfect, como que balance of someone that could do this and that. And we had a lot of people that did a lot of on-camera work. And what's interesting is that people that do a lot of on-camera work, you would think would translate well to voiceover. But it, it does not. It so deeply does not because on-camera work can be so subtle. Mm. And in voiceover... You can be subtle, but you also need to mm. to just carry the whole performance with your voice. Yes. And when Carolina came to the audition, it was right after someone who was it's a it's, she's an incredible on camera performer. Um, but like I was like, man, this, this character's just like not singing for me. And then when Carolina came in, it was like, whoa! Like every word has a lot of weight and has a lot of meaning and has a lot of personality. And I think that takes talent and it also takes a lot of practice well it, it you know it, recording for sombra at the very beginning we usually you do three takes you know and then the director goes okay well let's try it again this time i you know we, we need a little more sarcasm at the top and then at the end she's definitely like it's a jab so so then you're learning in one sentence you start off a little bit coy then you go into yeah. the fu and then at the end you you know, bring it up again for a joke or something. Uh -huh. And so it's almost like you have to ride this wave in one sentence. And I learned a lot, especially from those Overwatch sessions, because Sombra is complex and yeah. she can be very biting, but she can also be funny and she can also be like, so it's like, what are we choosing to do with this, with this one line, not with this whole scene, with this line, mm -hmm. she's saying this specific thing. And so you learn about specificity through voice, you know, and mm -hmm. And the body does come in, you know, when they tell you like, oh, you're, you're, yeah. you're, you're going to do an eye roll. I definitely I roll my eyes so that it's like, oh, whatever. Like it comes through differently because you are embodying that, too, you know. But it's it's a great experience to learn to be more specific. And, you know, what's funny is since I've been doing conventions, um, <clears throat> one of my friends who helps me with on camera auditions, she goes, Caro, your auditions have gotten better because your, your listening is so specific. And dude, I sit eight hours a day at cons listening to fans. And it, a lot of them come up and are like, oh my God, I love Sombra, thank you so much. And so you're like, oh, great. But well, then yeah. I can be in this mode of everything's great. And they're like, I love you so much. And my dad died last week. So I can't just go, oh my God, that's great. Thank you, have a good day. Mm. Wait, what? Your dad died? So, yeah. oh, we, we listen, you know, like psychologists or like bartenders, you listen to people talk to you about something and you just have to be present or else you're not going to give them a good experience as you respond. And so the more we're present in every moment, listening and, and just being aware of like subtle changes, because sometimes they might be like, oh, I, I like you so much, but you can tell they're holding back or something's happening. And so I go, you OK? No, I just and then they like, you know, so mm -hmm. it's almost like we're paying attention to the very subtle shifts um, that fans have. And I think that that also just translates to life. You know, we become more attentive to everything. That's wonderful. It's interesting to see 
you and on, honestly everyone in this conversation that we've known each other for at least 10 years right like it's been a decade since we've sort of been in each other's lives and the aspirations you have you know in in your early 20s or mid 20s or whatever whenever it is and what life throws at you sort of makes you realize and and maybe course correct and it's like, I don't think when I met you, if I would have asked you, what do you want to accomplish in your life? I don't know if you would have said, I want to voice a major character in a video game. Like, I don't know if that's something you would have said. No, because we 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 think that the acting in Spanish, we say el norte, the acting north, what we think we're supposed to achieve is maybe film and TV, you know, and I that's love on camera says. acting. I love scene work. I miss it. I want to do more of it. And, um, uh, but, but also, you know, I, I think that, I, I don't I don't say I fell into voice acting because you you don't just fall into it. I worked very hard at it. I of went to course. college. I hustled for 10 years, but it's a branch of acting that I didn't know had this amazing trajectory. And now I'm discovering it and I love it. So when Jenny, you say, you know, I could voice act for the rest of my life. I'm kind of like, yeah, you know, like this makes me so happy. I just want to continue doing it. And if I do get to do film and TV, that's awesome. But I'm very happy in this world that is so inviting, so generous can be so diverse. I can sound like so many things like, oh yeah. my God, recently, uh, what's the one we did in Hamster and Gretel that I discovered? Uh, by you, Barb, you oh, were- yeah, you... She, uh, she liked this old lady. She talking like this the whole time, you know? And <laughs> dude, I would never look a sound like that in film and TV with this look. It's, it's no, bizarre, right? We wouldn't right? cast but... you as an 80 year old Southern no. woman with yeah. like, you know, scoliosis. I wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. I voiced your abuela, Joanna. Like, oh my god! You know what's funny? Jenny voices the abuela in the series, and I remember the executives are like, "So where did you get this lady?" Um, like this assuming you were an old woman, and Dan had to be like, "You know this? This she's like thirty. Like this is a young woman." And she's like, "They were like, no way. We thought this was like an." A mature woman. You thought you grabbed like some abuela from somewhere? Like someone's abuela? Someone's abuela. Well, I remember people's reaction at the premiere party and like some of the writers and Dan's like, oh, look, this is abuelita. And everyone was like, what? What? <laughs> yeah, that's what's so cool. And that I love that. It is. It is truly yeah. the coolest. And then getting to show your range and like, I'm so glad that because I'm going to be honest, I got insecure, not insecure, but self-conscious at some point because I was like, you know, Lupe on Victor Valentino kind of sounds like me, sort of abuela-like. And then I didn't want people to think, oh, Jenny can only voice this kind of character th with this deep voice. So thankfully, I started booking like kid roles as well. And people are like, oh, she can voice a kid? What the hell? And so that's helped me a lot to have more confidence. And again, I just... I think just like how YouTube has given all three of us this platform to showcase our talent when yeah. Hollywood execs, you know, are too far up their own asses regarding putting us all in boxes. Yeah. The voice voice acting is also very similar to me in that way. We get to prove how funny we are, yeah. how how much range we have and and our skills as character actors through this medium. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I just thought about a, a little shameless plug, but it's connected. Mm -hmm. uh, I produced a film in the pandemic. It's called Morgan's Mask, and it should be on streaming platforms real soon because distribution happened, yes. in it, but it's taking forever. But uh, uh, when I read the script, I loved it. It was about a, a gamer and a cosplayer who's kind of dealing with her demons in the pandemic. And she has a sister that she talks to online often and, and a mom, obviously. And, uh, you know, my suggestion to the director at the very beginning was like, hey, can we make the conversations between the sister and the mom 
Spanglish, like, and it's mostly English because it is for, you know, an English speaking audience, but we, th we pepper in Spanish and it, there's never this like, we're Latino and let me go make some tortillas and show you how I make my burrito. It's just like, I just wanted to show our lives, right? Like, like, like in Hamster and Gretel, we throw in some Spanish and, and the kids understand both languages and maybe the mom speaks a little more Spanish or with the sister, it's just like, Ay, tu sabes que no sé qué, and then they go back to English. And so I just want it, like, I don't see that enough in, in films, well, in Indies anyway, you know, where mm -hmm. we're not explaining why we're Mexican. Cause that's like the crux of most Latino shows is like, or, or what I feel like I see. And this was just me trying to say, Hey, you know, I can be a gamer and a cosplayer and also Hispanic American and uh, it's yeah. all, you know what I'm saying? And so uh, th I think that's our way of like contributing to showing our people in, in the world through Hollywood. Yes, you're so right. Like look how weird and funny and quirky and bizarre and evil and all, just all these funny things that you don't see in live action and yeah. thank god animation but it's also just so normal yeah also few people know that when you get an actor to to voice an episode legally you get that actor for three characters in other words that actor comes in and then you can have them voice three different people in that episode yeah in that episode yeah so you have to come prepared like you you booked this character Mm -hmm. uh, you book the the abuela character and then it's like hey can you actually do kid in the park and also a monster next to and alien and it's like seven. you just gotta do it yes that happens a lot and 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 the best people are the people that are like yeah let's do it let's I'll, I'll show you my versatility yeah and it doesn't matter yeah. that I you know oh my god you looked so excited no because my favorite thing that happened in Victor and Valentino was uh, they called me in for this bit this this queen aunt yes and you know I didn't I, I show up because I didn't audition for her and, and I'm like, Diego, what do you want? He's like, oh, we want a Sofia Vergara sounding. And I'm like, I do this so much, you know? And I was uh, like, uh, actually, what if, like I got inspired from one of my gender neutral characters in my web series. And I was like, what if she talks like this, you know, and she's very big. And like, for me, it was just kind of like, like, what if we make her sound so different that you, you don't expect it's going to be like this the whole time and I'm going claro. to be Sofia Vergara, you know? Yeah. But it's like, if we come in with a suggestion that they find more interesting, they're going to take it, you know? And so I think yes. that it's our, our job so as actors to be creative and be like, instead yes. of just, oh, sure, I'll give you what you want. Well, what about if she's like this, you know? Dude, yeah. I can't believe that Sofia Vergara thing happened to you because it happened to me twice. Yeah. Oh one with the show I got a call back in and one with the show I actually booked. It was a character and they were like, can you, it's Sofia Vergara like, and I was like, oh, sabes oh que? No. And I actually made her the opposite of Sofia Vergara. <laughs> and she would just say really tragic things in this voice. <laughs> um, and then I booked it. Which is it. so like, funnier. Which is so and like, that's funnier. So, it's not like, yeah. why aren't you kids listening? It's like, why aren't you kids listening? I've had one hour of sleep. <laughs> and I'm like, why are you kids listening? You had one hour of sleep. It's like, I've heard that second one a million yeah. times. I yeah. want to do it like this. And then once I started just doing whatever I wanted, I started bo booking stuff. And I think- Yo, that's literally how it happens. Yes. But you know what? Like, it's not hating on Sofia. I think she's no. really no. talented and a great businesswoman. But that's her it's thing. Just, Hollywood has just assumed that all Latinos have to sound like that to be funny. And I think that there, it's just, it's so much more diverse than that. You know what I it's mean? It's like saying every Jewish American needs to sound like Jerry Seinfeld because he's so successful. Oh my God. It's like, exactly. am I gonna start talking like this? I shouldn't, you know? Well, like, what I no. appreciate though, what I've appreciated a lot and 
granted, a lot of the shows that I've worked on, it's usually been like white execs, with the exception of like Victor and Valentino that had like a massive Latino crew and creator. Yeah. But just like what Garo's saying, they'll throw like random things at you. So like Jellystone, I think, was the second show I ever booked uh, after Victor Valentino. So I didn't know what to expect. And I booked the one character, Bobby Louie, and then they were like, oh, what else do you have? And I ended up, I'm now voicing like four like recurring characters on the show. Yeah. But what I love is that one of the characters is kind of like Abuela, but it's mm-hmm. but she's more decrepit and viejita. But I love that this white guy was just like, yeah, fuck it. Make her this old Cuban lady. Yeah. And then they let me say Spanish things. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think like that's another thing I appreciate about animation is that it seems like a lot of the creators and showrunners and they are more open to that kind of diversity versus like in live action Hollywood, they're like, no, 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 tone it down. Like, mm-hmm. no one's gonna get it. Like, in general market shit. But in animation, they're like, oh yeah, like you wanna play her like that? Go I think ahead. Because for a while we just, we would get Latino auditions. So let's say we book that, but then once I go in, I'm not gonna make all my characters Latino. Like what character I do in Victor in uh, Hamster Gretel is like Russian lady who very, very nice. But like, because I'm, I'm throwing spaghetti at the wall and then all of a sudden they like it, right? But I, mm-hmm. I don't get those auditions. So it's in the room showing them, hey, we're, you know. Yes. You know, I asked this like big casting director a few years ago. I was like, if you had one thing to tell actors, what would you say? Like, what is an actor's job? And she said one thing and it was make choices. Oh, right. And yeah. I love that because that means this isn't make choices based on other people or what you think people want. Make Make choices you find interesting. And, um, you know, that that is true in the VO booth and auditions, but also in life. Mm -hmm. You know, you just got to make choices and see where you end up. Um, And usually when you make choices, things happen. So, so choices that are are specific to you. Right. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. We get caught up in in thinking, oh, the choice they want. It's like, no, what's interesting to me? And that's where even in voice acting, like in anything, it's just it's so in any true. in any job in life. It's like the more we connect with our authentic selves, the God, you've talked about this, Joa. The more you get specific about Venezuelan comedy and explaining yes. that versus Latinos in general. The yeah. more specific we get, the funnier it is, you know, and then we connect. Yeah, yeah. because there, it, comedy, the specificity and comedy are very linked. Like if you if you have mm-hmm, a joke totally. and then you end it with a like, um, you know, I don't care what you're saying. Susan, it's it's this funny thing where if you add a name at the end of like a tweet, it makes it funny because it makes it very specific. That's like an example. Exactly. Oh my, I was just going to say the name thing. Like, I love it when comedians go off and they're like, Barney, what are you doing? And I'm just like, Barney, like, it's so funny. It's great. It's like, because you imagine it because it's specific. It feels like a real thing. Yeah, Yeah, like you don't say you're eating chips. You say like the brand and the flavor, you know? Right, 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 right. That shit just makes it funnier. It just does. Lay's papitas de limon because those are my favorite. Lime chips. They're so good. Oh my God. This is, and this episode is sponsored by, it isn't, it is not sponsored by. Well, maybe we can get a sponsorship. (laughs) They should. And you know, I think, I think that the big takeaway for, for me, for my friends, for anybody who's doing well at what, what their passion has been for so long is as soon as you connect your passion with the authentic you, that's how it's going to shine. Right. The more, the crazier I let myself be in animation, the funnier, the better it is. I wasn't doing that for film and TV auditions years ago. So mm-hmm. it's like the more we just like start digging deeper into ourselves to 
to see what's going to shine. And it all has to do with authenticity, our half Cuban mother, our half, like whatever it is that we're bringing into the mix. When you make jokes about your Jewish intestine or whatever, Joanna, like that stuff is specific to you that I don't understand. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't experience it, but that's why we're going to shine at what we do. If we, if we just connect to our most authentic selves, you know, wow. embracing our inner weirdos. I Caro, thank you for joining us. It was such great. a wonderful conversation. Absolutely. Are you struggling to lower your bad LDL cholesterol, even though you may be taking a statin, swapping steaks for salads, and exercising while listening to this podcast? Ask your doctor if Repatha Evolocumab is right for you. With Repatha, you can dramatically reduce bad cholesterol and the risk of another heart attack while enjoying life too, because you're human. And with convenient self-administration, you can take Repatha in the comfort of your own home. Do not take Repatha if you're allergic to it. Repatha can cause serious allergic reactions. Signs include trouble breathing or swallowing, or swelling of the face. Most common side effects include runny nose, sore throat, common cold symptoms, flu or flu-like symptoms, back pain, high blood sugar and redness, pain, or bruising at the injection site. Visit Repatha.com or call 1-844-REPATHA. Talk to your doctor today about Repatha. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.